Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. And we're here with the Nick Gates Playoff Podcast. That's right. It's named the Nick Gates Playoff Podcast because in a few minutes, we're going to hear from Nick Gates, Giants offensive lineman. One of the best guys on the team, real uh, real good personality. I mean, you, you, I, think, I think you'll enjoy it. I'm sure it'll come through when we get to talk to him because that's just who he is. Um, and that's why I think he's such a likable figure on this Giants team, and especially in that offensive line room and over these past few years. One of the most likable players on the team. First, let's take care of business, okay? The Giants played in Philadelphia. Nobody played. Right move by Brian Dable. I don't want to hear anybody else say it. Right move. Look at the Chargers and look at the Giants. Neither of them could benefit from anything. Chargers got some guys hurt. Not worth it. Biggest game of the Giants season. Coming up right now, 4.30 Eastern, Fox on Sunday. So, good spot. I think uh, if I had a preference, it's probably the one I would have picked. Selfishly, I'm talking about. And as for the opponent, it's what everybody wanted. It's what all of you wanted. It's what the Giants wanted. It's specifically what Saquon Barkley wanted. He said after the game on Sunday, after the Giants put a really good effort in Philadelphia with their backups, really showed their resiliency. Davis Webb, props to him, balled out, really played hard, uh, you know, was under a lot of pressure, uh, limited targets to throw to, right? The Kenny Galladay separation still a problem, but even then, he gets a great catch, scores a touchdown, great effort. They had an onside kick at the end. That's how close the game was. And Philly, of course, trying to play for something there. They're playing for the one seed. So good effort by the Giants. Now we move on to this next game. Minnesota. Exactly who everybody wanted. Saquon Barkley said after Sunday's game that after the first Minnesota matchup on the field, he was talking to guys and he said, we're going to see you guys again. We'll see you guys again. And guess what? He's right. He wanted a rematch. He said, oh, well, you know, I would like a rematch. And they did. Giants lost by three on a 61-yard field goal as time expired. So not much has changed in regards to the perception on this one because the last time the Giants went in there, Minnesota was kind of stumbling also, and the Giants went in there, they were four-point underdogs. This time, the game opens, they're three-point underdogs. So really not that much of a difference. Minnesota's secondary, as we saw, is abysmal. Daniel Jones threw for close to 400 yards against Minnesota. Minnesota's defense is just not very good because the back end is not good. So even the Giants had success opening up, throwing it around the yard. And that's how they're going to have to win. Hit a couple big plays with Saquon in the run game, throw it around the yard against his bad secondary, and be able to protect Daniel Jones. Zadarius Smith, that's the guy to watch. If I'm the Vikings, I'm putting Zadarius Smith over Evan Neal every single play and saying, all right, you guys got to adjust because he can't handle him. Evan Neal has struggled. In Philadelphia, pass protection was not good. Again, Hasn't been very good this year. So if I'm the Vikings, I'm saying I have to attack that guy. 
And Zadarius Smith, the guy they move around a lot, easy, just put him right over the right tackle. And for you're the Giants, you have to say, okay, we got to have to find a way to get this guy help. Whether it's Daniel Bellinger, Nick Vanette, the running backs chipping, helping out, everything. Because if they could block, they probably could have success against that secondary. Now, originally I was thinking, oh, you know what? I think I, I like Minnesota in this game. They didn't play a great game either. Neither did the Giants. But I just thought, you know, Minnesota, they're playing at home. They have more weapons. They still do. It's not even close. That's the difference between the teams. Minnesota has way more weapons, right? They have Dalvin Cook, who's at least comparable to Saquon, right? Maybe a little notch below, I would say, in my opinion. But still comparable. Not that far off. Really good running back. And then you have, but then they also have TJ Hawkinson, right? Who's been a stud since they they acquired him from the Detroit Lions. Then they have Justin Jefferson, who just so happens to be the best wide receiver in the league. And the Giants don't have that. But what gave me hesitation in this game was that Minnesota's offensive line is not in great shape. Garrett Bradbury, the starting center, is apparently going to practice this week. They'll see where he's at. That's huge because they also lost their backup center. So the Vikings on their third center, who then would have to match up against Dexter Lawrence consistently. Lawrence has been the Giants' best defensive player. That's advantage Giants. That's a huge advantage Giants. Now you could help with the guards. But still, they lost their right guard, I mean, their right tackle also, Brian O'Neill, who's a really good player. He's out for the season. So because Minnesota's not in great shape on that offensive line, it makes me want to pick the Giants. But we'll get to that more later on this week. We'll get more into the uh, X's and O's and the details of the actual playoff matchup with Minnesota. But yes, you know what that means? There's a second episode this week. Woo! A second podcast episode. That's right. I'm coming at you two times. Double the pleasure. Double the fun. Double the breaking big blue. Let's go. In the meantime... Let's get to Nick Gates. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, let's bring in Nick Gates, Giants guard slash center. Uh, Obviously, that great comeback of his this season had a serious leg injury last year and now is back playing better than ever. Nick, welcome, man. First of all, I'm glad to see you. We're glad to see you back this year. And now you're yeah. in the playoffs as well. So I want to know I want to I want to know what you what that's like. What's that feel like? 
what are you feeling I'm, as we tape this? Uh, we're taping this on Tuesday afternoon about your first career playoff game and really a first career playoff appearance for a lot of guys. Oh, yeah. It's uh, It's been a long journey here the last five years with, uh, with the Giants. You know, a lot of ups and downs, but I'm finally glad we could, uh, you know, get, uh, get to the playoffs. So it's, uh, I don't know, it still hasn't hit me yet. Like, it's, it's weird that we didn't have to pack up today. You know what I mean? Like, I'm usually packing right. up, booking, booking my flights, and, you know, I'm ready to go home and see my family. I'm like, no, I don't want to see you guys for another four or five weeks. So Yeah. Um, but it's a good feeling. Definitely a good feeling to be uh, be in the playoffs. Yeah, well, you you know, when the season regular season used to be over and you didn't make the playoffs, it was like first of the year you're out of here, right? It's pretty much oh. right around New Year's, but now they added the extra week. Now you got mm-hmm. another extra week, and who knows, maybe more. So uh, we used to make the joke our Patriots reporter used to work until mid-February every year. So, you know. Yeah, uh, maybe it could be us now. Yeah, we'll yeah. You know, reporters don't get bonuses. You guys do get played for extra playoff games, so. It's not, a, not a bad thing. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know what's so you look back on and obviously this year's different. You have a new regime. Um, everything's changed. The results are much better. What do you look at as the biggest difference? Uh, I just say our culture and probably our locker room. Like, I don't know. I think everybody just enjoys coming to work and everybody like has fun coming to work every day. And I think that that makes a big difference when, uh, you know, when you, when you're winning ball games too. So it's a, uh, that's probably the biggest thing. It's just everybody feels. I feel like everybody enjoys coming to work every day. And in the past few years, it beca- I, I'm assuming that means it became a drag at some point when you guys started losing and things started going downhill. Oh yeah, I mean towards the end of the years, it was you know it was rough. You no, know, you weren't going to the playoffs, and you know the games were kind of not meaningless, but they still meant something because you still had to put film out there for other teams. But you know, knowing you're eliminated in week 14 or 15, it's kind of like those last two three games are like, oh, this is this is brutal. People are already planning their you know, vacations and things like that. And, you know, one to go home instead of coming to work. It's a, uh, so it makes a big difference. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that's reality is that's what guys do. Right. I mean, you start planning that stuff, you know, you're not in the playoffs, but it just, it's, it just, it just sounds, it just sounds bad, you know, to say, Oh, we're sitting there. We, we always used to say the optics of when golden Tate at one point put his golf clubs in front of his locker. And it was like three weeks left or four weeks left or something. It just, it, it just didn't sit right with a lot of people. And trust me, people upstairs in the organization as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let that one sit there. Um, I want to ask you about Brian Dable, because when we talk about the biggest difference, we're, you know, that people automatically, and for good reason, I mean, you're talking about the culture being different. It, he's a huge part of that, right? I mean, this, he, he that was a big thing of his, of trying to create this culture. So to you, what's so unique? about Brian Dable and everything that he's sort of brought to the table this year? I think he's just real. He just tells you exactly what it is, and he's no, there's no secrets, there's no lies, there's no, like, you're not trying to hide anything. So it's just, you know, what it is is what he says. And also, I think he just lets the guys just have their own personalities and be who they are. You know, nobody has to fake it, nobody has to be different. It's everybody can just be whoever they want. Like, there's guys like, you know, who am I going to go? There's Daniel Jones and then there's Hottie. Like, you know, there's two different, there's the big gap between those guys, but we all get along. Like, it's like everybody's just their own person and it all works. Right. And by that, you mean Hottie's outwardly, you know, loud, open, doesn't oh. shut up. And then Daniel Jones is what everyone kind of thinks Daniel yeah, Jones. Yeah, more to himself. He speaks up when he has to, but, you know, you know he's going to be, you know, ready to go. But yeah. Those, the difference between those two, it's crazy. But everybody gets along. Like, there's no clicks. Everybody, I feel like, is always hanging out with each other. Did you see the boomer playing ping pong? Like, it's not just all the wide receivers and wide receivers. It's like the wide receivers are playing the D-line. The D-line's playing, you know, 
everybody. Like it's it's just I don't know. We all I think enjoy hanging out with each other. There's a lot of the ping pong's a big thing in the locker room, huh? I mean, there's like oh, rankings yeah. and there's like a hierarchy, uh, a lot of doubles there, going was, on. Yeah, no, a lot of doubles. There, there used to be rankings back, you know, I think it was last year or in the, or in the, the I think it was in the spring OTAs. I think it was OTAs. Yeah. So I forget who did it or not, but yeah, it was there was that. But yeah, no, ping pong is big. I, I heard David some, uh, Sills some money. claims to be getting thrown big. around there. Oh, okay. Brian Dable also. Dable but... also. Dable also came and claimed in a press conference that he, you know, he went and beat Saquon left-handed. Yeah, what do you... I'm not gonna say Saquon's the best uh, ping pong player out there, but he's not bad. He's gotten a lot better. I'll tell you that from the beginning of the year till now. I know, so. which is why I thought it was kind of fishy. That seems like a little fishy story. Dable's gonna go and play him lefty and be able to beat him. I saw Saquon play; he could play. So that, yeah. I, I don't know. There's so, there has to be more to that story if it's if it's even true. So. Uh, you mentioned yeah. Daniel Jones before and how he's a quiet guy, right? I mean, you basically have spent uh, the better part of the last four years with your, you know, your hands attached to his butt. Tell us something about Daniel Jones that we might not realize or know. Um, he's actually pretty funny. Like he's a he's a funny dude. He he'll uh, he'll throw some one liners out there and you know make some comments every once in a while that are you know it gets you laughing and chuckling a little bit. So. Most people probably don't think that, but he's 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 a pretty funny cat sometimes. All right, so give me an example. Funny how is it like dry humor? Is he like yeah, more, Eli, more Eli was like humor. Eli was like prankster kind of deal or yeah, no, it's not the pranks. It's more of like a dry humor, like just like kind of one liner type things, and you know you just get a little chuckle out of him, or you know he'll just say something in the huddle, and you know just make a little joke. Try to I was about to know, say so. He'll, the... he'll do that in the huddle in games. Every not not so much games, but. More like in the practice, like if around you know shitty practice or something like that, he'll he'll just say something, try to cut the tension out of there, and you know, get everybody you know back to you know not being as tight. Gotcha. So this past week we saw you, you know, get in the mix again. Uh, it's sort of like your mo at this point. I think you and I, I've talked to you about this. You kind of embrace it, right? You kind of view that oh, yeah. as as your role. You 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 enjoy fighting other people, correct? Oh yeah, no. I mean, I wouldn't say it's fighting, but I enjoy football. being enforcer. It's football that, fighting, it, and you use that. And I go. use yeah, yeah. yeah, use air quotes because you football fighting is you're not really fighting, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I embrace it as like my role. I don't give. I don't care who it is. If it's you know the third string quarterback or it's Daniel Jones, that's just not you know it's your quarterback and whoever out there you got to protect. So, so Davis so. Webb gets hit, or and you 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 feel like obligated at that point because that's your role. Like I gotta go. I gotta go stick up for him. I even obviously, I just enjoy doing it. I think I think it's fun. I love you know sticking up and running over there and be able to talk crap. You know, it's, it's that's that's what makes the game fun. Be able to talk crap and be able to you know try to you know put people on the ground and be you know be tough and rough and you know just have fun. That's what what's fun to me about football and winning. Obviously, winning, but just being able to do whatever you want out there and not get in trouble or you know you know there's just what other sport or what other thing in the world can you do what we do out there in the football field and not get in trouble for it. Yeah, controlled violence, right? I mean, you, exactly. you basically you're allowed to do these things that you just wouldn't be able to go do in normal society. Uh, exactly. But you seem to know the you seem to know the line though. Like you you don't throw punches and and look throwing punches with helmets is one of the stupidest things in the world anyway. But yeah, there's no point. You got you got to go open palm if you're gonna do it. But yeah, there's no point in throwing a punch. Like, what's I gonna do to him? Get you a 15 yarder? Like I feel like I know where the line is and I and I walk the line pretty well. So I try to. 
you know, get those guys to throw a punch and, you know, then I get a laugh at them after and tell them, hey, <laughs> you got 15 yards and you got a $15,000 letter coming to you tomorrow, too. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> so that's like your stock line. You basically, you do that. You try to get them to retaliate to the point where you know they eventually get fined and then you mock them for getting a fine. Oh, yeah. That's it's funny. And I laugh at them and they, you know, because they know they messed up. You know, they, they lost some of their money. I mean, most of the guys don't care. I mean, some of those guys are paid so much they don't even care, but. Yeah, it's, I know, mean, it's everybody cares. Everybody cares if you said, "Give me fifteen hundred dollars out of fifteen thousand dollars out of your pocket." Yeah, nope. I mean, I would care. I know I would care. I know, but I could, you know, Mike. He's probably gonna be who in the here. giant locker. Who in the giant locker room wouldn't care if I said, "You, you owe fifteen grand for this." Yeah, they, we probably all would care. But okay, yeah, like but Aaron Donald and when I got into Aaron Donald, I know that man did not see out of his check. He did nothing came like he, he's like, oh, <laughs> where this fine? Oh, I didn't even notice it. Like his check isn't going to change that much. You know what I mean? Just think guys like that. Was what I was okay, true. About. But I get it. I get it. If you're making twenty million a year, maybe you barely shows exactly. in your paycheck. But yeah. so, is there anyone on the Vikings that you got into it with the first time around? Uh, no, I actually haven't. I haven't got into any of them. Um, now, the most of the D linemen, you know, they they play. They're not much talkers. Um, you know, pretty fun. You like guys. that, or you like that, or you you rather go against talkers? Do you you thrive in that in that atmosphere when guys are talking crap to you as well? Um, I remember back in college. I'll, I'll talk about it. back in college. I remember like if I was playing somebody that like talked trash and like was you know, a shit talker, like I would play better and up to like a better level. Cause they just got me going and it was fun for me. And I remember like the games that they wouldn't, I kind of, those were kind of more of my, my worst games in college. So I, I kind of like tried not to like have that be my, you know, kryptonite type thing. So when I don't play a guy like that, I don't have to like, you know, I can still play well, but I do enjoy playing guys that talk crap. Like the Eagles, their whole defense line just runs their mouth the whole time. And I love it. I love, oh, really? I love everything. Oh, I love every, yeah. I love Brandon Graham. He doesn't shut up. Like He's just fun. Like he just yaps. Like you see him in the TV. T- there's TV time. I, pers- I know him personally. Goes, so I could see that a hundred percent. That's his personality. Like, yeah. Yeah. He was going down. He was like, Oh, seven, nine, blah, 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 blah. And then he'd go down seven, seven, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, Hey, six, five, let's go. I, like, it's just, he goes down the line and just says something about everybody. And it, it's just funny. It's just fun. You know, Fletch will pull something out. You know, he likes to talk. He's a good, you know, fun guy to play against. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I enjoy playing guys that like to, you know, talk smack and, you know, get after it. Yes, yeah, so Saquon actually mentioned Fletcher Cox is one of his favorite guys to play against. And then Yeah, I it's because he doesn't have that to block. Was part of it. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. But then again, he has to get, he might he gets tackled by him sometimes. That's a big boy to get tackled by. Uh, that's a big man right there. They're all I mean, if, by him, Jordan Davis, freaking um Limbaugh Hargraves. Joseph. Hargraves is he's he's a smaller guy, but he's he's quick twitchy and more yeah, quick twitchy. No, he's a tough guy. He's he's a tough player. He's a he's a good player too. I mean all the D lines good, but yeah, no, the, you know, Jordan Davis, the Linval Joseph, those guys are massive human beings. Like, yeah, massive. They're like they almost make decks look small sometimes. <laughs> that, and that's tough. And that's, that's that's hard to do. What do you think of when you think of the Minnesota Vikings defensive line that you're facing this week? Uh, they're a good bunch of a uh, good group of guys. You know, they have a good rush. I think they play well off each other. Um, they have 55. Uh, he's a, he's a good player. You know, he uh, he rocks around and moves around a little bit. And, you know, he tries to get singled up on blocks or he'll run games and stuff. But, you know, they're a good group that work well with each other. You guys did move the ball well, and you mentioned after the game you didn't think it was as, as loud as you thought it was going to be. 
what are your expectations now going into the game? It's going to be probably a little di- different atmosphere. Set of Christmas oh, yeah. no, Eve those... day. Now we're talking about a playoff game. Exactly. There's definitely going to be more people there. People are going to be yelling. It's a playoff game. Even though I said so, I feel like it wouldn't change the, the loudness of there and there or not. Like, I know there's some articles now saying stuff about it, but like, it's a playoff game. It's going to be loud in there no matter what. Like, it's, it's just the way it is. So, right. You get called into the principal's office for that? Uh, no. Oh, all right. Good. Not yet. We'll see. Still <laughs> on a week. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was really joking with what I said. I didn't mean anything. But I know. I, you said Nebraska, Nebraska nice. Yeah. That's just Which the, I didn't know was a thing, by the way. I didn't know that was nice. a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it's not. I know that's what I, I heard. All my Nebraska people, like my friends that are from Nebraska, so they're like, oh, yeah, Nebraska nice, Nebraska nice. Like, so maybe I could be wrong. But I mean, I actually went and Googled that after you said that because you're like, all Midwesterners, you know, they're nice. You know, and, um, I, I get it because I'm from there. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm part of that. I was there. And yeah. you're like, you know, Nebraska nice is really a thing. So when I left that press conference, I went and searched, and it's basically like a slogan that they yeah. used for years Nebraska yeah. nice. Mm hmm. Okay, so I am right. I knew I wasn't pulling anything out. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, let's Google's line. Google's Google like verifies everything. You know, that's like you, Google. Google runs the world. Yeah, I mean, I'd be screwed. I wouldn't have passed a lot of classes on Google. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sad state of affairs that when I was in college, there really was barely there was no Google. Yeah, uh, you still had to go to like encyclopedia, huh? Looking <laughs> there was Oof. a thing. It was called a library, Nick. Okay, Oof. you went oh, there and called, and you you read books. All right, I'm dating myself here. So, <laughs> Teddy Bruschi, I don't know if you saw this today. He tweeted. Did you see this? No, I haven't. So, Teddy Bruschi tweeted, incredible comeback this year by Nick Gates. He will get my vote for comeback player of the year. What do you think when you hear oh. about that, coming from a guy like Teddy Bruschi, who, you know, multiple, multiple Super Bowl champion, obviously successful career, and a current ESPN analyst? Uh, no, that's great. It's, I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, especially coming from a guy that's done it, you know, I think he, what he played 13 years in the league. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, you know, it's cool when you get noticed by guys like that, and, you know, have such an impact in the, you know, NFL and, you know, being able to, to show that I could come back from that and have people, you know, watch me. It, it's a pretty cool deal. You know, I, I kind of got the chills after you said that. I didn't, I didn't know he, he tweeted that out, but that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was earlier today. And so, I was talking about this with Saquon recently because Saquon, you know, he's up there as one of the betting favorites. Geno Smith, he's one of the betting favorites. And I and I said, you know, are you really, uh, you know, the comeback player of the year? And we kind of had the conversation. Same with Geno Smith. Like, what are they really coming back from? Like, they yeah. were, they played last year. You know, Geno Smith was available to play. Like, what is he coming back from? Being, you know, not being a starter? And, like, Saquon... He was banged up, but he played, I think it was 12 or 13 games. So, like, And he agreed. And he said to me as well, you know, I w- it, Nick Gates deserves to be comeback player of the year, not me. He's like, I just had a bad year. Nick Gates came back from something for real. So I do think. What, uh, what is the requirements to be able to come, to be voted comeback yeah, player of the year? See, that's the problem. There are, For these things, there is no definitive criteria. So you could kind of just decide whoever the voters are, which, by the way, I'm not a voter. I don't, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if Teddy Bruschi is even a voter. Maybe he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't but, even know how that works anyway. So. Yeah. But, I mean, still, like, I get it. Like, you should be up against other guys. Like, you know, you know, even DeMar Hamlin, I bet, could be up for comeback player of the year. The fact that he, you know, he's came out of this and he seems to be okay right now. Obviously, he's not going to come back yeah. and play right now, but 
uh, guys like that. And I, I think Brian Robinson, who got shot earlier this year and came back and played. Uh, yeah, that's that's a crazy comeback from a gunshot. Was it two months before the season, too? Yeah, that was that's a crazy story, too. It was basically a carjacking, which is yeah, wild. Which is, so, great yeah, story. It's for kind of reason why I got into that car. But I heard all that. Like, we had a car stolen, the Trackhawks and Hellcats were getting stolen, which I have one. And I was like, I need to get another car. I was like, it's not worth it. To lose really? That's shot, why? That's why? You, life over it. That's why that you switched cars? Kind of one of the reasons? Reason. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe not getting shot, but like getting stolen, but, you know, maybe getting ran up on and doing like that. I could, you know, after hearing that, I was like, so he's only, what, three hours away? Like, it's scary. So yeah. I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to try to get another car and put this one in the garage and not drive it as much. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, to me, that's what the criteria should be. It should be someone who had to come back from something serious, not just, oh, you played better this year. You know, that that yeah. could be like – that's like – to me, that's more most improved player, right, than it is comeback player. But we'll see. Yeah. So we'll yeah, we'll, we'll, see. We'll, we'll get the campaign going. I, I'm, I'm out there already as an advocate for you uh, on that one. So it. When, do they, when does it all go through? When's that vote? I really you know? don't know, to be honest with you. I would think the voting has to be coming really soon. I think they vote after the regular season and then the rewards come out later on, like at the, after the season. But I think you have to, yeah. the voting is usually now because you don't want the playoffs to, uh, you know, decide or, or influence people on that because uh, not yeah. everyone makes the playoffs, obviously. So, yeah. Uh, what's it been like for you, though, to come back like and, and make it to this point? I know big for you was always, uh, you didn't just want to come back and not be you and just be a guy and be out there. Like you wanted, it wasn't a big deal to you too. You were actually really playing, not just like, okay, I'm back and I'm sitting on the bench or I'm a shell of myself kind of deal. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely not. I'm being able to like give, uh, what am I trying to say? Like quality reps and quality, like give it a fuck. What am I trying to say? Um, damn, this is football brain, huh? Um, <laughs> You're saying you, you, you basically want to, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy. It's, I'm happy be to be at the top of your game, kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. Just be able to like be a good teammate and give to the team and actually like produce for the team. Right. It was important for you to contribute, not just be exactly, there. exactly. Yeah, just being there and just that's. I don't know. I've never been that guy. I've never just wanted to be on the side. I was never like happy just to be a part of something. I always wanted to, you know, be the, the guy and be you know contributing to helping my team win and things like that. So when you look at yourself, what do you see? Like, what what have you seen from Nick Gates' version twenty twenty two slash three? I've definitely learned a lot. I learned your patience being you know at the top of top of that, and just learning to you know just not be so hard on myself. Sometimes I remember before I was so just you know hard on myself. I mean, which you got to be hard on yourself, but just so just nitpicky about certain things and stuff like that. And I remember just, if I had a bad play, it would ruin the rest of my day, just things like that. So now I just kind of told myself, I'm going to go out fun. You know, you mess up a play, it is what it is. It's like, you know, go on to the next one. Like you can't, you can't, you know, change anything about what happened last play. You can only do what the next play is. And, and I think I've learned a lot just from, you know, injury of doing that and just, you know, cherishing every moment I get to be out there and having fun with it. And do you see the same player when you look at yourself on film? Was it like when you first came back, did you notice, hey, I'm still gaining strength? Like, what's that been like for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, after that first, after those first couple of games, my, uh, I definitely wasn't probably as strong as I thought I, I was before, or not thought. I definitely wasn't as strong as I was before I got hurt. Just because, you know, coming back and like playing 
getting like a play strength back is different than, you know, working out and, you know, doing things like that. Yeah. So you that can't really simulate that, a 300 plus pound guys hitting. You just exactly. Can't. And trying to push me into the back of the quarterback is with all his might. Like you can't, there's nobody, unless you're doing the reps, nobody could, you know, imitate that. So right. that was probably one thing I noticed, but now I'm good. Like I think like I got my strength back. I've gotten, you know, used to the playing speed again. And that was another big thing. Just like how, I forgot how fast guys moved how fast it was <laughs> like it's there's some some guys out there so athletic and fast and they just move so well like fluid and it's crazy i just i kind of forgot about that it's kind of getting crazier i feel like defense alignment in particular are getting more freakish in in just in general i mean you're watching oh. georgia's defensive line in the national championship game i mean every year they're producing guys like jordan davis you know who's out there and i mean they just got a line of these guys and Every team has guys that are just they're just like big time pass rushers on the interior nowadays. Oh yeah, there's there's not an easy block anymore now in the NFL. Like you remember back like probably ten years ago, you had a nose tackle or a three tech, like or a two eye. Like those guys weren't really getting after the quarterback like they are nowadays. Like Hargraves, he's a he's a, he was leading the, the D tackles and you know uh, sacks. I think it was for a while. I don't know if he still is or not, but just they're producing eight, nine, ten sack uh, three techs like. I think 10 years ago that wasn't it wasn't the case yeah yeah i think chris jones actually leads them now but he yeah hargrave is up there always and yeah. that and qb hits he's always near the top yeah so and then look at dex like he's a two-eye nose like it's crazy how athletic and how fluid dex moves and what he could do to some centers in, in the nfl is 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 pretty crazy so i mean you saw what he did to quentin nelson which is probably if not the best guard, if not the top five guard in the league right now, and for him just to walk him back like that is just – it's crazy. So guys took notice of that, huh? Oh, yeah. They like oh, that? Yeah, guys you guys took... like that when you saw it on film? Yeah, I'm like, oh, I feel bad for him, but I'm happy he's on my team. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an impressive rep for sure, to be able to basically just body him into the quarterback, which is – Oh, yeah, just walked him back like it was like he wasn't even there. It was crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, Quentin's a really good player. I mean, he's going to be probably one of the highest paid guards here, uh, here soon. So. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, especially at that position. Guys are going to have bad reps, right? And the bad reps, like, you you might have, like, two bad reps out of 60 in the game. And those two reps, if you're letting up a sack, are going to be, you know, highlighted. That's just that's part of the, the position you play, it. huh? Exactly. I mean, those guys get paid, too. So those guys are, those guys are in the NFL, too. They're good. So well, I want to know about the offensive line room, okay? So you, I want you to take me inside. The, we're going to go inside the Giants' offensive line room, okay? Who is the loudest individual on the inside the Giants' offensive line room? Loudest? Uh, like on the field and things like that and like talking? Yeah. When it comes any, to that? Interpret it any way you want. Uh, talks I'd probably, I mean, I'd probably be me. I'd probably, that'd probably be me. I like to dance and, you know have fun and you know talk and you know, try to get the guys going i don't know we have a pretty mellow room like we all like we have an older group we have we have, we have like eight guys eight year guys and we have you know third three and younger guys so like i, I don't know i'd probably have to pick me i just feel like we have a we have a good group though i can enjoy being around all those guys if you couldn't think yeah. of anyone else that's how you know it's you by the way <laughs> yeah right i mean it's, it's me so oh, oh, well, oh, no surprise there though right Okay, so you like to dance, and you always got the belly hanging out. Give me the genesis behind the belly hanging out kind of thing. To be honest, I've always done it. I've always done it since I played for like since high school. Like I've always had my belly out. I don't, I don't know. It just 
I don't know, I like the look, and I feel like it gives, like, a tough guy look, kind of. And I always wanted to go for that. And now I've just gotten used to it. I just, like, that's – I like I like wearing my jersey like that. Like, if I could play in a game like that, I probably would. <laughs> but they won't, they won't let you. You'll get, you would get fined. Yeah, and I like my money, so I'm going I'm to pull my jersey down, so – who has the, who's the smelliest in the in the offensive line room? I know you guys I mean the can't answer that. stuff. <laughs> guys, do the, guys, the shower pills is a big thing in the locker room. Come on, I'd say a lot of the big guys don't take the shower pills because we know we're sweaty, we know we're big, and like we know like, big guys pick they get labeled as like gross and smelly, and I feel like we don't like that. So a lot of us actually do shower a lot and actually try not to be smelly. Yeah, what, so, but so I, I really don't. I really, there's really not a guy that I'm like, oh, you smell every time I go around. Like, there's not like you. You need to go think. I, I never get that around the line. Or usually, one, usually a room, one room has that one guy. But you know, I it does question the hygiene of the whole locker room in general when they have that that weekly sheet that goes on the door that tells you like, you know, here's what we're playing. This is the weather. Da da da. And on there it says, make sure you know you take care of yourself. This and that. And it says, make sure you brush your teeth. And so like. The fact that you need a reminder to brush your teeth at any moment yeah. you need a reminder to brush your teeth concerns me. It does. I feel like if you're over, uh, you know, eight or 10 years old, you need a reminder to brush your teeth. It's a little, you got to worry about some other things. It's a problem, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a problem. Who has the best style in the offensive line room? Oh, an offensive line room. You can't say Ooh, you. I know Andrew. you want to say. I know no, you no, say I wish you. I trust you. I wish it was me. I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm probably top five, but Drew, Andrew Thomas is has by far the best fashion sense and style. And I don't even think he has a stylist. I think he does it himself, which is, you know, crazy. Like he's, he's always put together on game, you know, game he is. day. He is. He's, he is. But I mean, it's kind of easy when you have money like he does. But, you know. <laughs> He's about uh, to be. He's, he's about to be even richer, by the way. When he gets I know, there. right? He, he'll be money. He has now is nothing compared to what no, he's gonna have. Chump okay? change. Yes. So I can't. Uh, I know, I'm excited for him, but yeah, he's definitely probably the most fashionable in the offensive line. He's always put together, and then Solo too. He's he's a uh, he's uh he's pretty fashionable too. Whenever we go out or go to dinner, who's Solo? Uh, Solo. Why can't I? I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I know him by Solo. That sounds so bad right now. <laughs> But there used to be there used to be a, a practice squatter and um I remember Odell did like a favor for him and uh he went over and he talked to the guys, you know, brother or whatever, like it was a kid pregame, and uh he couldn't and, and he did this whole favor for him and the guy came over to him in the locker room. I don't even remember who it was, it was a guy on the practice squad. And the guy's like, Thanks so much, blah 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 and he walked away and Odell was, was said to someone next to me, Yo, what's 79's name? <laughs> so he did the guy a favor and he couldn't couldn't remember his oh, name. So now that I just filibustered for long enough, did you remember who Solo is? Um it is what's his name? What's his name? I know his name. I don't know why he's drawing a blank from All right, now. you'll have to you'll have to get back to me on that. So it's Solomon Kindley. That's right. Oh yes. So you call him Solo. Got it. Solo. Yeah. That makes sense. That's that's so I just was drawing a blank right there. Why can I not think of that? <laughs> yeah. Solomon Kindley. Who's the funniest person? And we'll end with this in that in that offensive line room. Again, answer cannot be you, John. John. Oh yeah, Luciano. Yeah, he uh, he makes some comments or remarks in the offensive line room that he just like everybody just starts cracking out laughing and just like like stops the that. meeting and they all just start dying laughing. He's 
he's a pretty funny cat. He's he's a good dude too. I've always that. wanted to like play with him. I always I feel like we always played like each other and always like kind of like very similar. So I'm I'm very happy I actually got to finally play with him and meet him and you know get to see how he is. Yeah, he's he's got he's got that dry humor too. I get you, you can, oh yeah, you can definitely sense that from him. So Nick Gates, we appreciate your time. Uh, good luck in Minnesota. Should be a fun game. I mean, what what are you expecting from a playoff game? Do you have an expectation? Like, no, I have nothing general? to be able to judge it by. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I know everybody says the the tempo's turned up, and everybody you know is it's just that that much you know more. Like everybody knows, you lose, you go home. So I think everybody's fighting out there for you know just to keep holding on. So yeah, I, I don't know. Way- I don't know what the expectations are or anything because I've never been able to do it, but. You know, I feel like it's just going to be, you know, a little bit faster, a little bit harder, people playing a little bit, you know, harder. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's actually works to your guys' advantage. You don't have a lot of guys that have ever been there. So everyone's yeah. kind of naive that you're just like, okay, let's just go play yeah, like another like, game. Like, this. I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, anything. it really is just a football game. Like, it's just at the end of the game, you go home if you lose. So, like, but at the end of the day, it's still just a football game. You still got to, yeah. you know, but that could, add, that could add pressure, though, right? Points. That could add pressure could. naturally. I mean, knowing like, oh, we don't get another chance. There's no like, well, if I miss this and there's you no know, next week. And I know nobody really thinks that. But when you think, oh, you know, we have to do this now or it's, uh, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, no, definitely there's that, that aspect of it. But I feel like this team has done a good job with that. Like, you know, we've had games down the stretch where we like, had to win. Nobody got tight. Like, nobody was like, oh, we got to win. Like, there was no – Seemed like there was no what am I trying like the word I'm trying to say like panic. there was no like wait on yeah there was no panic like there was no panic I feel I feel like that that it, it, it goes to Dave's like he's he set that from the top because he didn't seem like he he was panicked at all so I mean and I feel like we're adults like you could tell if you're bullshitting up there or not like he right, he right. wasn't panicked like I think that's just him and I feel like that you know relates to us and it trickles down to us and that made us you know play loose. Yeah, that approach certainly has worked. Nine wins this season, which is uh, almost as much as you had in the last two years combined. You had 10 in the previous two years. Yeah. Combined, so there you go. The most, Gates, uh, most I've ever had. So yeah, Everybody in the locker room, pretty much. I mean, seriously, like 95% yeah. of the locker room. So Nick Gates, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. We'll do it again soon, man. Good luck in the playoff game. Thank you. Appreciate having me on. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network.
Awesome job right there. That's Nick Gates. Dude's the man. Come on. Nick Gates is the man on that that Giants locker room and offensive line. Really been a good Giant here, and there's a reason why he's so well-liked. What will be interesting is, okay, so Gates is going to probably be back in that rotation. I don't expect that to change. Left guard, him and Bredesen in the playoffs in Minnesota this week. The real question is in the offseason, do the Giants go Nick Gates or do they go with John Feliciano? Both free agents. Feliciano is, quote, unquote, their guy, right? He's He came with Dayball and Shane from Buffalo. He knew the system. There's a benefit to having him. Now, even as Gates got healthier, he played a couple games at center. You know, in the finale also, he played at center, at least in the start in the first half until he, he went on the sideline. They rested him too. And he did pretty well at center. The question is, will the Giants want to go in that direction? My inclination is to think they'll probably draft the center at some point later on and then bring back one of the two guys. The question is, which one? Are they willing to go with the guy who I probably think is a slightly better center, even though I don't think Feliciano's bad. I know some people like to complain about him on social media. I think Feliciano's been fine. He's been a fine starting center, not anything to write home about, but also not a huge liability either. And he knows the system. He's their guy. Shane and Dable came with them from Buffalo. So he has that working for him. And let's be honest, so far the Giants haven't shown that inclination to want to move Gates to center and Feliciano out of the lineup, which they could have. The argument could have been made that they're better with Gates at center and Bredesen at left guard. Now, part of that is maybe they don't want Gates and Bredesen at this point. Both of them have had injury problems this last couple of years or this past year. You don't want either of them to have that huge workload. Maybe they're better on the half workload, which I could see. You could sell me on that too. So it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do at that position. Uh, at that position moving forward. All right, real quick, Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. And this week, we got a playoff game. We're going back to Minnesota. It's only going to be in the 20s. Yippee! Only a 20s, that's like heat wave compared to last time we were in Minnesota. But we'll take it because 20s is not so bad. Negative 2, negative 8, that's bad. 20s could deal with. Cold, cold is you know what. But could deal with it. So, not so bad. Now, the interesting part about this is, so if you go look for a ticket, and one of my buddies brought this up to me, shout out Dan D'Almeida, right? So, he tells me one of his friends is looking to go to the game. Tickets are not bad, and I just looked right as before I went on this. You can get a good ticket on the Giants' side in the lower level for 250 no problem. You can get in the building right now on Ticketmaster for 135 I think it was. So by the time the game comes, you could probably get in for like 100 bucks, which is nothing for an NFL game, to be honest with you. That's not crazy, especially for an NFL playoff game. Not bad at all. Normal ticket price. It's almost like that's almost what I, face value is at MetLife Stadium, to be quite honest with you. Pretty sure upper level is over $100 just a ticket. Now, the problem is the flights. Wow. So they announced the Giants time and day. Right, because we already knew the opponent, Minnesota, early in the day on Sunday. They don't announce it till Sunday night. So immediately Sunday night, trying to get flights to Minneapolis. Flights to Minneapolis out of the New York area right now are like $1,000. You want a good flight where you get home at a decent time on Monday? You're looking at over $1,000 for a flight to Minneapolis, which is not cheap. 
I mean, for flight home back, Minneapolis and back here, wherever you go. I have to fly out of Philly to keep in order to keep my flight reasonable. Granted, I'm only an hour from Philly, 45 minutes from Newark. So for me, not a big deal. I fly out of Philly when I find better flights there. And I got one in the, like, and granted, I'm not paying out of my pocket. But still, work doesn't want you, you know, buying $5,000 tickets. It's just, you know, everybody can't go and just spend frivolously. So you got to not raise red flags. So there was a better flight out of Philly. I got it. But, man, if you're looking to fly out there, good luck. Flights are not easy, which is kind of strange because last time, no problem. It looked like last week was no problem. But I guess a lot of people are going to go to the game. Giants fans showing out. We'll see. That place is going to be scold to the to the brim. Skull. Skull. That's all they do. Open air press box there, which I think is pretty cool. I kind of like that. You get the full experience, right? The full noise, the full experience. Granted, when you're trying to write and work, it's not easy. But fun stadium. Be a, ra- a loud, raucous crowd. And Nick Gates said it wasn't loud last time. I'm going to guess it's going to be really loud this time. I'm going to guess it's going to be really loud this time. Remember that miracle? They had that miracle win, the Steph Diggs catch. Place was through the roof noise level. So I have a feeling Nick Gates is going to have a different experience in regards to the volume, especially after he made that comment because they're going to use that in Minneapolis now to get everybody amped up for this game, get that crowd amped up, create maximum noise level, which is why Nick Gates might hear a little comment from Brian Dable at some point this week. I wouldn't be surprised. Like That's why I asked him to get called to the principal's office. So it'll be a fun experience. It'll be a fun game. And you know what? The good part is, if you're a Giant fan, they certainly have a chance to win. You do not go into this game thinking they're going to get smashed, which is what you thought. You know, if I told you six weeks ago they're going to make the playoffs, you're like, fine, I'll have no chance to win. No, no, they have a legit chance to win this game. This is a Minnesota team going in the wrong direction. We'll see what happens. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.